Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, before we jump into this particular episode, I just want to share with you this topic is so important. Jen and I do a uh, deep dive um, into enemy number one, metabolic disease. We clearly define this as a energy dismanagement issue. The fact that all human beings are predisposed to map right towards this dysfunction because we've never, ever, ever in human history been in perpetual abundance. And that no matter where you are, whether you have a lot of cleaning up to do, or this has been a priority for decades, we give you the exact steps that you need to take control of this so you can have your best life. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Wenzel, joined as always by the amazingly talented and lovely Jen Justice. Oh, hey, Doc. How are you? I am great. Good. Uh, I am really excited to talk about this um, subject because it, I realized that we have not actually formally created any content around this thing that we refer to all the time called mm -hmm. metabolic disease. The name of this episode is enemy number one, metabolic disease. I think we should start off by defining what metabolic disease is. I talk about it all the time, but may not always do a great job of defining it. And simply put, uh, metabolic disease is energy dismanagement. Mm. So metabolism is is the, the mechanisms by which we create energy. Mm -hmm. And when optimal, it's just an optimal metabolism. As metabolisms start to get inefficient, we get metabolic diseases. Mm -hmm. And you and I go way back, uh, starting in the obesity space. Yep. And I think it would be useful to get your perspective on kind of the origin of how we came across this term and the significance of this term in our own practice. Yeah. So many, many, many moons ago when we were in the medically managed weight loss space, it was a multifaceted approach to helping people lose weight, primarily focused on psychology and behavior management, I feel like. I mean, mm -hmm. Everybody knows how to lose weight. You can just Google it and come up with a million different ways to lose weight. That's really not the main issue. It's more of accountability, coaching, you know, why we eat too much, those type of things. But I think you and I really quickly realized, and one of the Wenzelisms, as I, as I love to coin them, when I first met you, that you said was insulin is the devil. Mm -hmm. And I learned about insulin in nursing school before I became a nurse practitioner but I kind of forgot its role and how it really works and so you and I really realized early on that wow this is more in depth than we originally thought and we really have to focus more on the hormonal part of helping people lose weight i.e getting their insulin and their blood sugar under control. Because as you've already mentioned, a lot of the diseases, the downstream diseases from metabolic disease, like high blood pressure, 
high triglyceride levels, truncal obesity, um, elevated blood sugar and insulin lead to very scary diseases. And they don't happen overnight. Like you don't wake up and, mm-hmm. and you're hypertensive. With heart disease. Yeah. Heart disease. You don't wake up with cancer, cancer, dementia. There, it's a slow burn. You're feeding both of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really just our origin story is very quickly realizing there's more to this. And um, for some people, it's just it's just not your fault. That's how you're built. But you have to wrap your head around that kind of biochemical management of energy. Yeah, I always say that being in the weight loss space taught me very, very clearly, very, very early and very, very strongly that the obesity epidemic is not a math problem. Mm-hmm. It's not calories in, calories out, although calories are important and there is math in the equation. This is a biochemistry problem. Yeah. This is a hormonal imbalance problem. Right. All calories are not created equal. They all trigger downstream different hormonal responses mm-hmm. and area under the curve once you have a critical a tipping point of area under the curve of exposure of these certain hormones you will get metabolic inefficiencies mm-hmm. or metabolic dysfunction in other words metabolic disease yep and these are all diseases on a spectrum of what i call diseases of of abundance mm. Of too much. It's too much blood sugar, too much blood pressure, too many triglycerides, too much adipose tissue, too much, too much, too much, too much, too much, too much fed state. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not diseases of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And and this is really eye-opening, and and I just hope to just define metabolic disease as diseases of abundant metabolic energy all around us. Mm -hmm. And those manifest typically as diabetes, hypertension, trunk of obesity, insulin resistance, and then ultimately heart disease, cancer, dementia, Mm -hmm. you know, cognitive decline. Um, And I really, really believe, as the title of this episode would imply, that it's enemy number one, that if you have any ambition to live a long, vibrant, healthy life with minimal impact of chronic disease, and you don't have a primary strategy of delaying metabolic disease onset, you will not be successful to the extent of your full potential. Yeah. It's, it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's just unlikely to be successful if this is not a major, major strategy. Yeah. So I think the next area of focus here is after defining, we have to look into the consequences of not making delay the priority. Mm-hmm. And I want to pause really quickly because I'm saying delay and not prevent. And this is something that I've been working out in my own head for a number of years, and I've only recently put it into words. Mm-hmm. I think instinctively, we all want to prevent things that are preventable. But the notion that you can prevent a disease of humanity is unlikely. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to prevent arthritis. Okay, well, don't move. <laughs> okay, well, that's a wear and tear disease. Like, we're hinges and joints. We're, we're, we're made to be in motion. Eventually, if you're in motion long enough, you will get wear and tear. You will get arthritic changes. Mm-hmm. There are zero 90-year-olds walking around that don't have arthritis in every single joint. Right. There are also zero 90-year-olds walking around who have pristine, non-athlosclerotic arteries. Mm-hmm. But some of them don't have debilitating arthritis, and some of them don't have uh, known heart disease. Mm -hmm. Atherosclerosis isn't heart disease per se, if it develops in the right way. Right. 
And so what would be the right way? Mm-hmm. Slow, low. Mm-hmm. What would be the wrong way? An accelerated curve. Early onset, accelerating slope. It, this is about the onset and area under the curve. Right. And metabolic disease really is inevitable. <laughs> That's pretty scary, though. Yeah. Well, and especially, it, but it's not anything that anybody's done wrong. Yeah. We have not been around long enough <clears throat> in abundance to acclimate to efficiencies mm-hmm. for abundant nutritional sources. All documented human history, there was never enough mm-hmm. until there wasn't. Yeah. And then there was more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our disposition is to really be terrible at storing. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we're really good at storing. We're really terrible at burning. <laughs> at burning, yeah. Um, in a, in a, in a storage state, and you know, I think one of the big misconceptions about metabolic disease is that you either you either get it or don't get it, and if you don't get it, then it's uh, it's it, it's because you never did anything wrong, mm-hmm. or if you did do it, you did get it, it's because you did enough things wrong. And I just don't think that's the right way to think about this, because if you live long enough, you're going to trend toward metabolic inefficiencies. Mm -hmm. The name of the game here is delay. Mm -hmm. Because diabetes and high blood pressure and hypertriglyceremia and insulin resistance are not a problem the day you get it. And if it's a a reasonably well-controlled environment, it's not a problem for maybe 20 years. Mm -hmm. Well, if you get diabetes at 82 and it's well-controlled, who cares? Yeah. So it becomes a problem. You start getting kidney dysfunction and, you know, compromised vision and neuropathies at 102. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. But if you get it at 42, uh uh-oh. Yeah. And if you get it at 42, you're probably doing things that you're on an accelerated curve, so you won't get the full 20. You're probably going to have complications in years 8, 9, 10. Yeah. So now all of a sudden at 50, you're only at half time of your life, and you're already fast-tracking the consequences of uncontrolled metabolic disease. Oh. This is a major, major thing. Mm-hmm. And so getting diabetes or high blood pressure at 37 is categorically different than getting it at 77. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're totally different plots on a graph. The outcomes and the experience are in different universes. Mm-hmm. So this is really about delay, 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 delay. And here's the punchline, though. If you can delay long enough, you might just prevent it altogether. Mm. Some people are able to pull that off, but the only way you can actually prevent is if you have a primary strategy of delay as much as long as possible. Delay the onset and keep downward pressure on that slope as long as you can over time. Mm-hmm. Um, this has to be an active process. Oh, yeah. So. As you and I were kind of discussing this, we uncovered two camps Mm -hmm. that, so, okay, so what do we do with this? Like, there's basically two camps. Talk to us about the two camps. So the first camp that we see quite frequently, probably more than the second camp, is that you you know you're not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. You've got extra weight you're carrying around. Maybe you're at the age where you've been told your blood pressure's a little high. Um, borderline. Borderline. <laughs> borderline hypertension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've gotten some lab work done and your primary care's told you your cholesterol's high. Like, these are all red flag warning signs that 
there's an opportunity to do something here. And this, as you've just stated, is a really great opportunity. And I love how you're positioning this with, number one, this is inevitable, but you can do something about it. And so what we do here very well is put people on offense. So defense is where you don't really do anything about it. Maybe you don't change anything about your diet. You don't implement an exercise regimen, anything like that. It's really reactionary, right? Yeah. But offense is more preventative, if I could use that Mm -hmm. word. Um, And you really hit it hard. And Well, you take control. Yeah. And then the outcome is a delay. And if you're really good at delaying, you get the prevention. But Mm -hmm. offensive mindset is that you don't wait. Right. You take action. Yeah. And hopefully you, you do it before one of these major events happens, yeah. you know, and uh, you don't have a heart attack or something, you know, relatively worse than that. Uh, the second camp is that you're already in pristine metabolic condition. Mm-hmm. And we have a fair number of our members we that sure are do. like this. Mm-hmm. And, and I applaud them. I mean, they're... It's on their radar. It's been on their yeah. radar. It's been a priority for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. They're, what, what you write in your note and what I love is it, they're metabolically pristine. Mm. So... We've screened them, we've done all of the necessary testing, and nothing, no red flags have come up. The interesting thing is, the same strategy applies to them as camp number one, it's offense. Yeah. So they can't become complacent either, they have to... Because default is metabolic disease. That's right. So they always have to stay on offense to preserve that condition. Yeah, this is a really, um, I, I, I feel like we uncovered a really powerful truth here, and it doesn't matter if you're a metabolic train wreck <laughs> or you have been on a total overhaul of your metabolic environment for a decade or more mm-hmm. your next step no matter what camp you're in it's offense yeah there is no defense when it comes to this because it's delay 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 and if you're successful at delaying good job keep doing it yeah you don't get off the hook because you've had a good decade mm-hmm. But it's also a great story for those that are stuck mm-hmm. a- and need a lot of work. You, you got to start today. Yeah. And nobody's off the hook. These are diseases of humanity. Mm-hmm. The day you stop caring about diseases of humanity is the day that you're now moving right towards that disease. This has to be an ongoing thing. I always say, like, in order to be a great father, how often do you have to care about your children? Every single day. Every day. Every minute. Yeah. To be a great spouse, how long should you be thinking about your spouse? Mm-hmm. H- how often? Mm-hmm. Well, things that you do every day should require your attention and you have to eat every day. Yeah. And what you feed your body absolutely has to be a priority every, not some days, mm-hmm. and most days is not enough. It has to be every day. Yeah. Because otherwise y- you will get inconsistent results but you just can't be confused why the results are not great. You, yeah. you have, it, this is a forever game. Mm-hmm. You have to care forever. Yeah. Or the default is what it is. Yeah. I just think that's an incredible, like. Well, it's very hopeful. I know, think so. Instead of being. Um, well, it eliminates some of the shame. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. gets off the hook, even yeah. if you're really good at it. Like, congratulations. Keep playing. Mm-hmm. Play till the end. Mm-hmm. That's what they used to tell us all in, in uh, you know, when we were playing sports. You get up big and then you get, you start playing weak, soft. Mm-hmm. You get lazy. You think the game's over. And then the team comes roaring back. Yeah. Like, it's not over till it's over. Right. All right. So this last section is five actionable ways that we can delay 
metabolic disease because the game is delay. Yeah. Um, and just a quick recap, the two camps, I mean, you're either in camp A, which is you got a lot of work to do and you know it, or you've been doing a lot of work and you're in great shape and you're proud of it. It doesn't matter because you've got to go on offense. Right. And before we talk about these five steps, uh, we talk a lot about diseases of abundance. It's kind of a phrase that I coin. Mm-hmm. Um, describe to, to the listeners what that means to us, diseases of abundance. Well, currently in our current environment, food is plentiful for the most part. Now, are there people that are hungry in the United States? Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that fact. However, we're, we're set up pretty well in this country. <laughs> um, you know, you and I were talking as we were prepping for this podcast that even through the pandemic, what became more popular than ever was food delivery services like yeah. Uber Eats and Grubhub and you know, all of those things um, where from an app on your phone, you can pretty much have access to any fast food or takeout food that you want and have it delivered within probably an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't have that growing up. That never no. existed until recently. It required a little bit of effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we never ate out when I was growing up much, um, m- mostly because we lived out in the country. But mm-hmm. um you know, my mom always cooked for us. And so, you know, it's just these where you talk about abundance, it's just that we have an abundant abundance of resources, yep. you know, mostly food. And then we are more sedentary than ever because most of us have jobs where we sit. And mm-hmm. so we don't have an abundance of physical activity. So that's kind of the opposite of that. And in a lot of third world countries, if you look at them, like scarcity is the predominant thing, mm-hmm. right? They yeah, have, so let's, let's examine the opposite. Yeah. So, so the opposite, and where they don't have metabolic disease, that's the take-home point, is in these um, countries where scarcity rules. Oh, yeah. But what they do have is, you know, maybe they don't have scarcity of raw goods, so they don't have a grocery store in every corner. They don't have Uber Eats available to them, but they have poverty. They have war. They have conflict, suffering. Infectious diseases. Infectious diseases. Those so they don't what, get heart disease and right. cancer. They, that stuff they, takes They die of out. cholera mm-hmm. and dehydration. Yeah. And and war crimes. Right. Um, nobody gets off the hook, whether yeah. you're in a state of abundance or scarcity. Mm-hmm. But there are different vulnerabilities. Right. Predators. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so this abundance basically keeps us in a perpetual state of caloric surplus. Yes. Unless we're on offense and we're working on that. And so because our bodies are designed to keep us alive during famines... Right now, the famine never comes. Absolutely not. So, you know, the way uh, I love The feast never ends. Yeah. Yeah. I love the term fat flux. So, you know, you you pull fat out of your cells, you put it back in. We're we're just in in times of abundance or areas of abundance. We're constantly just shoving it into our fat cells. We don't ever create that environment where we're pulling it back out and using it for energy. So that's basically what we're talking about Mm -hmm. with diseases of abundance. We're yeah, just always it, in storage mode, never yep. in fat burning mode. Exactly. Yeah. And that leads us to constantly being in an overfed fed state. Right. And even worse, it compounds because we're being overfed with really poor quality foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's highly processed, highly refined oh, yeah. uh, carbohydrates, which trigger massive surges in blood sugar, mm-hmm. subsequent insulin response, which further deepens the insulin resistance, mm-hmm. which is the gateway physiology for metabolic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and this is a real real problem because ultimately these are fueling the flames of cancer, obesity, heart disease, cognitive decline. Um, you know, it, it's a snowball, all rooted in metabolic inefficiencies at scale, mm-hmm. and so. The number one thing we can do to combat this strategically, to go on offense, is to be insulin sensitivity as a mindset. Yep. What, what can I do to increase my body's response to the insulin that I am producing so that it doesn't hang around any longer than it has to be? And I think regardless of which camp you're in, I, I think these are the five steps. What's the first step? I think the first step is pretty easy, and that's to get the basic tests. Yeah, where are you at? Where are you at? Um, know your number. So in our practice, we look at fasting insulin levels. We look at fasting blood sugar levels. Um, you got to look at your fasting lipid panel mm-hmm. and find a provider that can accurately interpret that for you. And look at these ratios, triglyceride yep. to HDL ratios, mm-hmm. LDL particle numbers. These yep. are, we've created boatloads of content around this. Yep. Uh, some of the inflammatory markers. So we mm-hmm. look at um, HSCRP, right. other inflammatory markers. And then thyroid, super, super important, often overlooked and mismanaged. We've talked about Sets that before. Sets the tone of a metabolic engine. Oh, yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. your <laughs> main metabolic hormone. Mm-hmm. And Testosterone. then your sex hormones, right. Mm-hmm. So you're all of your... Uh, male or female, male by the way. Male or female, yep. yep. We've, again, so, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. this. I think that's a great place to start. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next step is once you... Where am I at? You, really doing an honest audit of wh- where is my diet? How do I eat to sustain my life? And is it mapping me closer to my goals or further away? And what degree is my diet affecting my insulin sensitivity kind of status mm-hmm. and um, you know what what changes do you need to make what what environments do you need to, to mm-hmm. change what what things do you need to add Th- these are all very very powerful questions um, you know what one of the great tools we use mm-hmm. is a continuous glucose monitor you know what that really we didn't put it on we our didn't notes, put it on the but list that, but I just thought of that <laughs> well yeah because that is actually in near real time giving mm-hmm. you data on your blood glucose level which you can extrapolate will then trigger an insulin response or not. And it, you can really see how well your sensitivity to insulin is working. If your blood sugars are lingering high, you're insulin resistant. Yeah, It's a fantastic tool, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think, you know, so not only the quality of the food, the type of food, the type of environments that you're eating that are affecting your diet, the influences of your diet, who you're hanging out with, who you're going to lunch with, kind of mm-hmm. those kind of things. But when are you eating? We spend mm-hmm. all of our time, 99 out of 100 diet plans focuses on the what. I have been pounding the drum on intermittent fasting for years at this point. I really believe that when you eat is more important than what you eat. Oh, yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. And it's not that what you eat is not important. It's just if you're eating really, really great things all the time, you're not going to undo the metabolic inefficiencies. You have to give your body enough time to reset, create these micro famines mm-hmm. that we are designed to be hyper efficient in, right. get out of our own way. So fasting is uh, another very powerful um, dietary strategy. What's number three? Sleep. Just did Here a great podcast about this, but it's 
so underrated, but so, so important. And for, for many, many reasons, but I think it's intimately involved in your insulin sensitivity. If you're not tracking your sleep, that'd be a great place to start. Yep. You and I have both talked about the Aura Ring in the past. Yep. It's O-U-R-A. Um, love that technology. And it's not really like, for me personally, the... Um, duration of my sleep but the quality that matters yeah, that's right. so really focusing on that and, and optimizing that because that also optimizes our hormonal environment too 100%. just like we need to create these micro famines for our nutrition we need to shut the brain down we need night. restorative sleep we do in we order need... to reset that insulin mm-hmm. sensitivity and um, even out your cortisol yes yep What's yeah. number four? Four is you've got to develop a fitness strategy, whatever that means for you. If you're a total couch potato, you got to get up and mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. If you're a walker, you got to start jogging. If you're like you, you just you've got to do whatever the next step is. And we need to be very intentional about moving your body. You're created to be in motion, to be powerful and strong. And you do not do that sitting immobile and not challenging your physical musculoskeletal mm-hmm. system. You have to put that under mechanical stress. Mm-hmm. And if you're a total couch potato and you can, you need to hire someone to help you so yeah. you don't get injured. Uh, but really being intentional about what are we doing to maximize the mass of skeletal muscle that we have because skeletal muscle are our antidote to insulin um, mm-hmm. and if we become insulin resistant at the level of the skeletal muscle tissue, we are really in a rough situation. Yeah. And, and fitness is a fantastic way mm-hmm. uh, to um, have a hyper increase of insulin sensitivity in your skeletal muscle. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a superpower. And then lastly. Find your team. Oh, yeah. We talk about this a lot. Well, it's because it's true. Yeah. I, I came across a great quote that I had posted on social media, and it's by our buddy Simon Sinek we both love him as an author but says failure we can do alone success always takes help and I love Mm. that so much because you know it's just I can leave that where it's at it's we can always fail by ourselves but you and I you know we both have trainers we have coaches coaches in business in life Mm -hmm. nutrition I mean I'm not ashamed to say that I teach this stuff and I need help everyone needs coaching yeah and, and just that layer of accountability has propelled my success to the next level this year. You show up a diff- in a different way Yeah. when you're invested to the point where you're hiring someone to, to help you mm-hmm. um, be efficient. Um, and if you've got that person or those people in your life, you're so fortunate. Double down. Yeah. If you don't, go find them. Yeah. Find your people. Find your healthcare provider that can dig into this for you. Find a trainer that you like that understands your goals. Find someone that can help you map out your diet and your fitness plan. Find a therapist to help you kind of unwind at the end of the day so you can sleep. Like, go find your team. Yeah. You cannot do this alone. Yeah. And there is no shame. Actually, the shame lives alone. Mm -hmm. Shame lives in darkness. Yeah. Like, when you bring in a team, shame gets suffocated. Mm -hmm. We all... We're social creatures. Mm-hmm. We're tribal creatures. We need each other. Yeah. We go, need that connection. Go get, yes. Oh my gosh. Are we craving more than ever connection? <laughs> yeah. In, in a world where we have hyperconnectivity, mm-hmm. we don't have any true connection. Mm. Um, anyway, I hope this was useful to you all and be sure to let us know what you think about it. Any famous last words, Jen? <laughs> I get you every time. 
You were supposed to hit me with that one oh this time. Oh my gosh, you turned it on me. I did. I um, got, I got you. But I think my big take takeaway from this, especially as we were prepping for it, was something that you've never said to me before, which is delay versus prevent. And I love the fact that that um, you know wherever you are with this, whether you're in camp number one or camp number two, you have to go on offense. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> thanks. I agree. That was uh, like a. We kind of had that aha because we've always talked about prevention with a lot of these mm-hmm. things: prevent cancer, prevent heart disease, prevent from. Pre- and it, but what does that mean? Right. Yeah. And how do you actually prevent things mm-hmm. that are we're predisposed to map right towards? And how do you know what to prevent? What do you yeah. start with? You oh, know, it's so good. Yeah. Well, as always, I appreciate your time, and um, this was a good one. It was. Thanks. Bye. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.